Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening what's up guys back with another one Today we are doing SGR number 28. We're talking about the fantasy receivers that I would like to target as a value in some of my drafts. Uh, Today I'm doing the same thing that we did yesterday with the running backs. I'm going to give you guys two episodes, one on receiver values and one on uh, guys who are being drafted too high in my opinion. So this is the optimistic episode. We're talking about guys that we want on our teams or we want to fall to us in specific spots in the draft. The first guy that I'm going to talk about is Tyler Lockett. Last year, he finished as the wide receiver nine, and he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 22 in fantasy drafts around the fifth round or so. The reason he's falling is because he's one of the more inconsistent uh, players in fantasy over the last two years. He has been pretty much a a real boomer bust guy for your team. Uh, Some games he'll have two or three touchdowns. Some games he is a liability to give you literally zero fantasy points. So it is a little bit of a risk. Drafting him uh, early or middle of your rounds to be, you know, a weekly starter for your team. But I've said when talking about him on previous episodes, if you can account for that and you have, you know, some more consistent guys on your team that are more proven week in and week out, um, you know, consistent starters and guys that you can count on with less fluctuation in their scoring outputs, then I think that balances out some of the risk reward players. And I think Lockett's a guy that's worth taking just because like I said you know finished top 10 last year and he's going um, wide receiver 22 I just think the upside and the week in week out you know matchup winning ability is there Uh, Russell Wilson's a guy that's going to throw 30 touchdowns every year and Tyler Lockett just got another contract extension this offseason so he's not going anywhere Um, next guy is going to be Robert Woods wide receiver for the Rams. This is a guy that I find drafting year in and year out because he's one of the more safe, reliable number two receivers that you can get in your fantasy drafts. He's kind of the exact opposite of Tyler Lockett as far as a guy that's not really known for his touchdown dependency, but more of a PPR yardage asset that's going to go off consistently week in, week out. Um, I talked about it on the Rams episode, but he got a massive upgrade at the quarterback position this year uh, with Matt Stafford going over to Los Angeles. Um, Gerald Everett, one of their pass catching tight ends left. Um, their starting running back got injured, Cam Cam Akers. So you would think that they have to lean on Stafford in the passing game a bit more than they were planning to this year. Uh, Woods finished as the wide receiver 13 last year um, with Jared Goff at QB. I just mentioned all those reasons to be optimistic about him taking another leap forward. And he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 19. So I love him as a value um, going around the same spot typically as Tyler Lockett, you know, just three, uh, three spots before him. So, uh, the next guy 
is a wide receiver that I project to take a uh, breakout step forward this year. I've got a couple uh, second-year receivers uh, looking to break out on this list. The first one's Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. He's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 25, only finished as the wide receiver 33 last year, but um, they were playing with backup quarterbacks the whole year. It was Ayuk's rookie year in a uh, pandemic offseason with no OTAs, no training camps. So uh, you have to temper your expectations for a rookie to come in and light up the league right away in a situation like that, especially with Nick Mullins as your quarterback for most of the year. But he looked explosive at times. Uh, it's clear that he's a guy that Shanahan wants to make a focal point in this offense. Shanahan does a lot of creative stuff with his receivers, Ayuk and Debo, um, in the uh, screen game as well as in the running game, getting them involved on end arounds and really creative ways to just get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And I think Ayuk is um, ready to explode this year as, as a big playmaker in that San Fran offense. Um, Debo is going around two rounds later. Ayuk's typically going maybe six round in your fantasy drafts and you can get Debo in the eighth. I definitely like taking the shot on Ayuk as the upside number one in this offense. I think Debo is a decent value at, at number two in the eighth round. Uh, so I'm fine with both, but I think Ayuk has the potential if one of these guys is going to take a step forward and catapult themselves as a top 12, top 15 fantasy receiver, Ayuk's the guy that I'm taking the shot on. Another second-year receiver, I've told you guys I'm really high on this guy. Um, this is another one of the players. I talked about how high I am on Najee Harris yesterday. This is another one of my you know, potential my guys that I'm going to be um, targeting in basically all my drafts, and it's Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Broncos, second year, former first-round pick out of Alabama, finishes the wide receiver 44 last year, so not that impressive. Um, but he did not have good quarterback play. We've talked about the combination of Drew Locke and his backups not being very good for Denver last year. And Judy did have a problem with drops his rookie year, but um, it's not something that I expect to continue. I think he'll get better targets, more consistent targets, a higher volume of targets this year. Uh, I think he he really emerges as the wide receiver one in that Denver offense. He's one of the more gifted route runners in the NFL. Um, so I'm not worried about the drops. I think the level of quarterback play goes up regardless of if it's Bridgewater or if it's Drew Locke, you know, winning that QB battle. Cause if Locke does beat out Bridgewater, it means Locke's playing better. So I really like Judy. If you can get him in the seventh round of your fantasy draft, average draft position is 33rd receiver. And I think he's got top 15, top 10 upside. The next guy is Corey Davis. And you know, this isn't a guy that a lot of people are really like excited about in the fantasy community because he was such a disappointment his first three, four years in Tennessee. He was a number five overall pick in the NFL draft and then, you know, did not perform to those standards with the Titans. Um, but he kind of um, had a mini breakout last year as the number two option in Tennessee uh, with A.J. Brown, you know, obviously drawing a lot of attention on the other side. He was the Jets' uh, most expensive offseason acquisition this year, on offense at least. I think they signed a defender to more money, but um, he's the first guy that they went after on offense. You know, they have a rookie quarterback coming in, a new system, and hopefully it's going to be better than what they did on offense the last few years with Adam Gase. 
Uh, I don't like Zach Wilson as a player, but I've seen um, some things to be optimistic about as far as him being able to sustain fantasy value for at least one or two guys this year. And I think Corey Davis is um, just the guy that's going to take over that number one role in New York. He's going average draft position 46th wide receiver off the board. And he finished 31st last year in a number two role in a low volume passing offense. So a lot of reasons to expect him to be able to crack the top 30 again. And he's going 46th wide receiver off the board. Next guy is Robbie Anderson. This is another guy I'm really going to want to get a lot of in my uh, fantasy drafts. Wide receiver 37 in average draft position. He finished as a wide receiver 24 last year. Had a really great consistent start to the season. Um, Dropped off a little bit towards the end. I think he dealt with some injuries towards the end of last season. Um, I did not look up how many games he missed. But, you know, obviously I'm not a big Sam Darnold guy. But he has played with Anderson before, um, so they hopefully have some chemistry built in already there. Uh, Anderson just got a contract extension today or yesterday um, for like two years, 24 mil, I think. So they did pay him uh, as their number one receiver. I think he is the number one for this team. I was really optimistic about DJ Moore last year, but Robbie Anderson showed to get the more consistent target volume. Uh, He played for head coach Matt Rule. Uh, in college when Matt Rule was the head coach at Temple. So, you know, Matt Rule has known this guy for almost 10 years. They've got a great relationship. He's got a relationship with Darnold. I don't see any reason to not take this guy coming off the board as almost a wide receiver 40. Um, Next guy going super late in your drafts, who I'll be looking for a lot to stack my bench with a reliable veteran in fantasy is Marvin Jones. Not a lot of people realize he signed a deal to be the number one receiver for the Jags this offseason. This is a guy that finished wide receiver 17 last year playing with backup quarterbacks in Detroit, a bad team. Uh, Finished wide receiver 17 last year in that that, uh, situation, and he's going wide receiver 57 in ADP this year. I know Jacksonville is kind of a wasteland, but – you would think Trevor Lawrence provides better quarterback play than David Blau or any of the guys that was thrown to him in Detroit last year. And Marvin Jones, to me, is the undisputed number one receiver for this Jags team. Uh, he was splitting duties, you know, and targets with Kenny Galladay up in Detroit. But he steps in as clearly the best receiver on this team right away. With the other guys there, LaVisca Chanel and DJ Chark and some other names floating around. I'm not really impressed by any of them, so... I think this is a guy that's going to be the number one receiver for a team that's not going to have a good defense and is going to need to throw in the second half of games. And you can get him as almost a wide receiver 60 in your drafts. Crazy value. Um, Another second year receiver I want to bring up quickly is Michael Pittman Jr. I um, realized he didn't have an overwhelming rookie year finishing as the wide receiver 81 in fantasy last year. He's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 45, but I think this is a guy that also has breakout potential. He's about six, four, like two twenty-five, So he's a big, uh, physical guy. He's got all the tools to be a prototypical number one receiver in the NFL. He showed flashes over the second half last year. Um, 
you know, a lot of these rookie, well, second year receivers right now, you know, like I said about Ayuk, you had to temper expectations last year with no off season for these guys. Receivers, one of the more difficult positions to come in and immediately pick up in the NFL with all the timing and chemistry and all the different route running and, and everything that you have to learn. Um, but Pittman's a guy that I think is super athletic and there's not much competition on this Colts roster at receiver. I think T.Y. Hilton's coming towards the end of his career. Uh, Paris Campbell is a guy that I was really interested in coming out of Ohio State two years ago, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, if Wentz can can stay healthy, I think Wentz can potentially be an upgrade at QB over what Phillip Rivers gave this team last year. I just think Pittman's a guy with a lot of upside this year that could be the number one for his team. Uh, second year in the league could potentially take a big step forward. I've got four more guys I want to run through because we're getting towards the late round flyer section of your draft. Uh, Russell Gage is the next guy, wide receiver 58 coming off the board. Last year finished wide receiver 37. Was really productive in his role as the third receiver for Atlanta. Stepped up into that number two role when Julio Jones missed some time with injury and really was a you know, a top 40 fantasy receiver, a productive guy, a guy that you could pick up off the waiver wire and slide into your flex if you were desperate from week to week, uh, provide you with some good value. Had a couple hundred yard games down the stretch. Julio's gone this year. Um, it's, you know, clear that Gage is going to be the wide receiver too, um, opposite Calvin Ridley. They did draft Kyle Pitts and he should be heavily involved in the offense, but, uh, yeah, I just think Gage uh, showing the ability to be a top, you know, 37 receiver. Um, you take Julio out of the equation, get him some more playing time this year. He's already got chemistry with Matt Ryan. He's a guy that can add some good uh, depth to your team late rounds. Um, also, John Brown is a guy I want to talk about quickly. That wide receiver room in Oakland, see, I, I still say Oakland sometimes, in Las Vegas is kind of murky. You know, there's a lot of potential for Henry Ruggs to jump into the role as the guy. Um, but, you know, that's uh, kind of a big if right now. You know, we haven't seen dominance from him yet. Uh, John Brown is a guy that has been really good in the NFL at times, mostly when he can stay healthy. He's had injury history, but uh, and that's what held him back last year. That's what got him out of Buffalo. Um, he finished the wide receiver 80 last year because he didn't play much. But the year before that in Buffalo, he finished wide receiver 20. So this is a guy that can be a fantasy asset. He's a good NFL player. He's a, he's a veteran receiver. If Henry Ruggs isn't ready to take the step forward, this could be a role that's wide open for John Brown to step in as the number one. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 78 this year. So super late, almost undrafted. Um, two more guys, both young guys, uh, for anyone who watched the Saints Jags preseason game the other night, uh, you saw Jameis Winston connect with two deep touchdowns to this guy I'm about to talk about. His name is Marquez Callaway. Um, he's wide receiver 77 coming off the board right now. And he looked so good in this preseason game. You guys need to go on YouTube and watch those highlights. It's really only two plays that you need to see. Jameis connected with him for like a 35-yard bomb and like a 50-yard bomb, and they were both just beauties, crazy catches. This guy really caught my eye. I've been hearing a lot of reports about him in training camp. With Michael Thomas not being available for God knows how long, this is a guy that can step in and have an immediate impact on that Saints offense. 
After watching that preseason game, I do expect Jameis to be the starter. I was a Taysom guy. I've been putting off my Saints preview because I wanted to see how that situation shakes out. Um, but I am convinced that it's going to be Jameis. And if that's the case, I think Callaway is going to be his number one option with a, with no Michael Thomas in that offense. Also, uh, tight end Adam Troutman also got injured last night. So they're really thin at weapons. It's really just Kamara and the rest of the gang. So Callaway's going to have a big opportunity. And the last guy for this episode is just really a, a, a super flyer, um, Rondell Moore. He's the wide receiver for the Cardinals rookie. Um, <clears throat> this is a guy that I kind of added to the episode last minute because I just wanted to talk about him briefly. Uh, the more I think about it, you know, I'm not in on A.J. Green this year. I think it's just a matter of time before he either gets benched for not being good anymore or he gets injured and is just unusable. So that leaves a big role in this Cardinals offense. They drafted Rondell Moore in the second round this year. He's an athletic freak. He's like 5'9", 185, so shifty, so fast, such a, uh, a good burst as far as being that ideal prototypical slot receiver to get in and out of breaks and just explode on people. And uh, he's being drafted wide receiver 61 right now, so he's virtually free. And the Cardinals run more four wide receiver sets than any team in the league. So he already has potential to be on the field a decent amount um, without having to officially replace A.J. Green. Christian Kirk's also there, but he's a guy that I don't know how committed the Cardinals are to long term. And, uh, you know, investing a second round pick this year and more, I think they're going to want to get him on the field. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I think there's potential for him to advance up that depth chart sooner rather than later. So these are fun episodes for me. This is this was a good one, I think. A lot of value here. A lot of names to talk about because the wide receiver position is so loaded in the NFL. But I'm trying to keep these ones short, so I'm going to get out of here. Next up, we're going to be talking about some of the wide receivers that I think are being drafted a little too high. So uh, we'll get into that next. Thank you guys again for listening, and ramble on. <laughs>